Welcome to session number 192 of Scanner School. Today we're talking about frequency bands and why they are important. So all the notes from today's podcast can be found on our website over at scannerschool.com slash session 192. Today's podcast is sponsored by our two brand new training courses. Our free SDR course, The Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Software Defined Radio, will get you started with SDRs in an afternoon. We will show you what hardware and accessories to buy to get started with Software Defined Radio. Then we'll show you the step-by-step how-to to install the drivers, tune your first frequency with SDR Sharp, and then have you monitoring digital at the end of this free course. Our advanced course continues with beginner's course left off and levels up your SDR experience. In this course, you'll learn even more about software-defined radio. We will show you how you can substitute an SDR for your high-end digital scanner, how to monitor HD radio, monitor trunk systems and overhead data with Unitrunker, and even how to monitor all the talk groups on a system and never miss a beat with SDR trunk. You can sign up for both courses at courses.scannerschool.com. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform. We have three different support tiers, each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now, not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial-free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com slash Patreon or www.scannerschool.com slash support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are Arthur Huron, Bill Kay, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pascoe, David C., Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramblett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jay Haycock, Jack Barry, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruta, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lynn Smith, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Robert, Robert Kanzler, Robert Kanzler, again, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Terry Weatherford, Tim Mazza, TJ, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School's podcast is here to teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. As a reminder, before we get into the meat and potatoes today, I am still looking for more questions for the next Ask Scanner School podcast session, which releases on the first Tuesday of every month. You can submit your questions via our voicemail number over at 516 308 
2885 or by using the SpeakPipe link or even our email link over at scannerschool.com slash ask. So today we are talking about frequency bands and why they're important and why we have them and why they make so much sense. So to skip right into it, the why, the big why. Well, it's easier for manufacturers in the two-way radio marketplace to build radios and accessories. Now, we're talking about more than just radios here. Antennas. We're talking about receivers. We're talking about the transmitters. We're talking about repeated systems as a whole. Radios, right? Mobile, desktop, portable radios. We have to talk about cavities and filters and combiners and all this other stuff that goes into play when it comes with the radio environment. And it's a whole lot easier to build all this equipment if you know for a fact where you need to build in. For example, could you imagine if public safety would be on 39 megahertz, 25 megahertz, 14 point whatever, right, on a low band side, and also 800 megahertz, maybe 700, and uh, maybe down 500, maybe down in 160s, right? It, it would be all over the place, right? And, and they have all these different specifications and sensitivity values and all this other nonsense that goes along with designing radios. And it would be a nightmare for manufacturers in order to do that. But not only that, just to keep track of where things are, right? Could you imagine, again, if we had on with the CB spectrum is here in the United States in 29 megahertz, but not only do we have free use CB, and we know how well that works, right? We know that people are buying illegal amplifiers and they're going much further than they had to go and should be going on CB, interfering with public safety that's a state away. That wouldn't fly, right? That's that's unacceptable. So to keep things very well organized and in certain places and everything else, we have frequency bands. So we also need to remember, like, this is not done on a local and state level, right? It's much, much bigger than that. Think globally, right? Globally, there is a plan. There is a radio spectrum plan. And these are done by ITU regions. This is the International Telecommunications Union. And there's three sections worldwide. So we're going to take a copy and a paste right out of the Wikipedia page for this one. I'm going to read them off to you here. And basically it says that the ITU or the radio regulations here divides the world into three ITU regions for the purpose of managing the global radio spectrum. Each region has its own set of frequency allocations, the main reason for defining each region. So region one includes Europe, Africa, and the former Soviet Union, Mongolia, and the Middle East, west of the Persian Gulf, including Iraq. Region 2 covers the Americas, including Greenland, and some of the eastern Pacific Islands. Region 3, the final region here, contains most of the non-FSU Asia east of and including Iran, and most of Oceania. And there's several bodies, sets, standards for frequency allocation, including, again, the ITU, which is the International Telecommunications Union. We've got the European Conference of Postal and Telecommunications Administrations, which is SEPT. And then finally, we've got the Inter-American Telecommunications Commission, or the CITEL, I guess is what you say. It's C-I-T-E-L. 
So to improve on harmonization and spectrum utilization, most services allocations are incorporated into national tables of frequency allocations and utilizations within the responsibility of the appropriate national administration. And the allocations are primary, secondary, and exclusive or shared utilization within the responsibility of the national administrators. So allocations of military usage will be in accordance with the ITU radio regulations. In NATO countries, military mobile utilizations are made in accordance to the national or the NATO Joint Civil Military Frequency Agreement, the NJFA. Huge, huge mouthful. So there's interesting bits and pieces here. Let's take out the ability to use the harmonization and spectrum utilization where they talked about the primary, secondary, and exclusiveness. So let's talk about areas such as like shortwave radio broadcasts, right? There's been a huge fight basically in the shortwave radio spectrum between shortwave broadcasts and amateur radio. They share a lot of the same spectrum there. Well, who's got first rights to it? Is it is it amateur radio or is it shortwave radio? Well, one of them has primary use. The other has secondary use, such as uh, look at the 220 megahertz spectrum too on amateur radio, right? Somebody else has primary. Somebody else has secondary. Uh, amateur radio has secondary, right? But on the flip side, if you look at the area of, say, 433 megahertz, where a lot of these key fobs and uh, open the car doors or set alarms or um, wireless thermometers and temperature sensors and weather stations, those are secondary to the amateur radio spectrum. But there's no way really to regulate that because there's no way to shut these things off unless you know you're causing problems and how you're going to find that out, right? Because it's you're actually in a – you're unlicensed in a spectrum that is kind of sort of licensed here. So there are some really interesting side notes and everything else what happens with these things as well. But organization here is key, right? It's, it's one of these things that helps keep things in certain alignment. And again, they're broken down by ITU regions. Now, again, why do we have these ITU regions or anything else like that too? Could you imagine – like here in the U.S., right? We got U.S. You've got Canada to the north. You've got Mexico to the south. But it's worse over in Europe, right? We've got nations all surrounding each other. You're gonna want to make sure that you're playing nice with your neighbors as well. So again, we have uh, example in public safety land up in like 450s here. Our federal range in the U.S. right runs from 400 up to about 430ish. Well, in Canada, right? We have we've got up there, public safety is down in the lower section of that band, right? It's still two-way radio, right? LMR, land mobile radio. So what ends up happening is we've got some trunking networks and PD and, and law enforcement in areas that border Canada, such as in Buffalo, New York, where instead of being where they typically would be, 450, 460, 470, they've got approval to actually be at 420, Right, so that they don't interfere with whatever Canada's got going on in the 450, 460 region of the UHF spectrum. So again, keeping things kind of aligned in in a more or less band plan globally really helps things out. But it also makes a difference on a small level too, in the country level, in the county level, right, in the state level. And on the other side of this break, I know we're rushing right into the break on this one. It's, it's an early break. But um, 
we're going to break all this down for you. This is a really quick podcast episode because there really isn't. I mean, this is this is kind of fundamental stuff here. It's it's really simple to talk about in a breakdown. And but again, like we said, on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about more about what we can find here on allocations and, and frequency assignments and, and a couple of great examples as to again why we do this again. So again, if you are a Patreon supporter over at the five dollar level um, or three dollar level, even for that matter, you don't get this break. You can skip right over it. So for everybody else, stay tuned. On the other side of this break, we're going to finish up this podcast episode. Did you know there are ways to help support the Scanner School podcast that doesn't take any time or any extra money on your part? If you go to scannerschool.com support, you will find we have several ways that you can continue to do your online shopping and help support us. We have links to Amazon. If you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there, will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in a market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. Now, if you're in a market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to scannerschool.com support before you make your purchases and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealers serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every Scanner Radio user should at least put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers, having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware or even just make some changes and you don't understand how the system and the equipment works, the podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session.
National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your Natcom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. Okay, so again, why are ITU reaches important, right? To kind of bridge what we talked about just a few minutes ago is because we want to keep neighboring countries and governments on the same blocks of frequencies. Example, all of FM radio in a set of spectrum, all of TV in a certain spectrum, all of public safety in another set of spectrums, right? But it's even more important when we come to worldwide. Again, we talk about things like shortwave radio and even low band communications such as marine traffic or amateur radio traffic, military traffic, right? That's all done 30 megahertz and lower, right? It's very important to keep things in order, order there. But what about stuff that's even on VHF, UHF? Think about weather satellites that are constantly orbiting the globe, right? You don't want them kind of interfering with public safety or TV or something like that when they're coming over certain certain nations or certain continents, right? So the ITU regions really help to align where a lot of these things can come into place. So again, space weather and satellite, short air radio, and they also have a roadmap for development and future spectrum. So let's talk about something here we're going to talk about more on next week, but I want to touch on it this week too because it really does tie in very tightly to what's about right now, and that is UHF T-band, right? So here in the United States, UHF public safety was just 450 to 470 until they ran out of spectrum, basically. And in the early 1970s, the FCC gave permission in 11 major cities to use 470 to 512 as additional public safety frequencies. These were part of the UHF TV band, right? So that's how you get UHF T band. Now, again, we'll talk about this more next week, but we're going to see what happens when these 11 cities kind of play around in the TV band when there's still TV in the TV band, right? It, a whole bunch of headaches kind of come around. So what are we talking about more on a band plan, right? Now we're talking about local now, local band plan. Well, use per frequency, right? Modulation schemes, channel numbers per frequency. Think about CB and TV stations, right? And even bandwidth, right? So you know that going on 760 megahertz here in the US again, everything up there is going to be digital. It's going to be P25, right? You, we kind of we kind of have that established at this point, right? Anything going in there for public safety is, is, is going to be P25. Things that are, are coming out now in, in the UHF spectrum, they have to be narrow band. And any new things now need to be ultra narrow band, right? 6.25 kilohertz wide. These are all standard in that set of spectrum. Even when you come down as far as Amateur radio, right? Certain things are breaking down into within the amateur radio spectrum, broken down further, such as this is for Morse code only. This is for digital use. This is for voice. Well, what kind of voice can you use here? Is it AM? Is it FM? Is it upper or lower sideband, right? These are all different things that are all part of like this micro band plan that comes out here too. So again, what are some examples here of things that are broken down into plans or services? Marine. Aviation, amateur radio, satellites, including weather, communications, TV, radio astronomy, land mobile radio, radio FM broadcast, television, CB, GMRS, federal use, trunking, even cell phones, right? 
things are all broken down neatly and organized. And when you have issues such as we had years back with the reband process, let's talk about the rebanding again. This is where you had an LMR, was it a PMR? What was it at the time? It was it was basically a two-way over cellular, right? But it basically was was formed. Nextel was basically formed as just a two-way service. So it really sat in the two-way radio spectrum, which was above public safety. So you had cell phone, you had public safety, you had Nextel, right? Is that the way it broke down? Maybe it broke down backwards. But anyway, what ended up happening, well, that's the way it is now. But what ended up happening, long story short here, because now I'm getting confused over it, is that you had interference from Nextel in both the public safety spectrum and the cell phone spectrum. So in order to realign things, and we get things where they had to be, we had what is called rebanding. So now Nextel, because at that point, they only didn't have push to talk, but also had cellular coverage on it, is they swapped spectrum with public safety, bringing public safety down 15 megahertz, Nextel up 15 megahertz, so that it aligned more with the cell phone services and the trunking lined up more with the public safety spectrum, clearing up the interference from Nextel. So there was a whole lot of stuff that, like that that gets shooken down. Now, again, we alluded on this before as well, where we had primary and secondary use, right? These are all also part of spectrum management as well. So there's a lot that happens and goes on to band plans and how these work. And if you want to take a look at it, just throw into Wikipedia radio spectrum and you'll get a whole PDF of the layout from basically DC all the way up into several gigahertz on where everything is laid out in the spectrum. I'm not going to go through it here in the podcast because it really is kind of boring to listen to it all. You kind of have to see it. But you'll see how things are broken down in the sections and the blocks and everything else like that that really lays out just how the spectrum is broken, at least here in the United States. But you have to remember, things like this are broken down in every other country as well. So here's a tidbit in case you're not aware of it either. But CB in the United States, right, is 29 megahertz. But over in Australia, CB is actually on UHF, where we more or less have GMRS. So again, you can't take a radio here and say, oh, it's CB. It's going to be on AM, which now also allows for FM here in the US, and just bring it over to Australia because it's not the same CB, right? They have a different set of rules and regulations and planning of their frequency spectrum over there. So with that, very short podcast today, all about how things are organized and why it's important because next week we're going to get into more of T-Band and why it's causing havoc today. So again, let us know how we did in a podcast. If you're listening to us, go over to scannerschool.com slash session 192 and let us know how we did. If you're listening to the podcast over on YouTube, leave a comment down below and we will make sure to read and answer your comment. As a reminder, too, if you sign up for our email newsletter over at scannerschool.com, we will let you know each week when a podcast episode is delivered. And we also have another segment, which we are working on right now to help celebrate our 200th episode, which drops in about uh, a couple of weeks. We'll see that in October. We'll have something new coming to the uh, newsletter as well. And also make sure you're watching us over on social medias. We've got something that I showed to our Patreon supporters not too long ago, and it went over really well, and I want to share with everybody. So that will be coming in the next week or so over on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages. So make sure you're watching us over there. And again, if this podcast had helped you or you know somebody will benefit from it, share the podcast episode with them. 
that's the best way that we can help more people is if you help share the podcast episode. Hey, I know it was a quick episode, but again, I'm not going to drag this out because it's all that we need to talk about this week. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. 73.